What up, Long Beach? All of a sudden, it's ring season, and we're covering as much postseason action as we possibly can as these local athletes are trying to make memories that will last a lifetime. As always, this weekly podcast is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post, and as always, we're the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio, and our partnership with the Long Beach Post includes a boatload of education coverage, including a really long, in-depth story that Tyler and I wrote this week about the CIC program at Poly. Be sure and go check that out as well. And I'm the briefly aforementioned Tyler Hendrickson. Um, and I got to say, it, it might just be the three of us on this podcast and the three of us as full-timers at the 562, but it is a community entity. And I want to make that point very clear up top. We would not be around without the support of our subscribers, our donors, our corporate partners. So thank you to everyone who supports the 562. We are a nonprofit. And uh, we do rely on support from the community to stay in business. If you like the 562.org, you appreciate the work that we do. And guys, over the past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of work. So if, if you do appreciate it, head to the website, the 562.org, click on the support tab. And there's a couple different ways that you can help us out. Any donation to the 562 is tax deductible. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you've done to help us stick around and cover these sports. And now we get to talk about them, and there is a lot to talk about, boys. A lot to talk about, a lot to cover, a lot of glory being spread around Long Beach. Like I said, these kids making great memories, and obviously that leads us right into the favorite thing that we've seen this week. And my favorite thing I have saw this week was playoff atmosphere. It had been a while since I'd been in a gym covering playoff basketball as all of us it's been a while and I got to go to St. Anthony to see the boys uh win in front of the pit the student section there at uh, at the gym at St. Anthony is just absolutely great and it provided such a great atmosphere and it was just it just felt different in there you know what I mean and I, I forgot what that felt like to have the intensity of a basketball game kind of bearing down on you. So shout out to St. Anthony, their student section, the administrators there for making it safe for everybody to be in there. People were masked up and, uh, and uh, a little bit socially distanced on the other side. So good for them, good for the atmosphere. I wanna see more of it. Gonna go to Long Beach Poly tonight for another playoff game. So it was just so much fun to see playoff atmosphere. What do you guys think was the best thing you saw this week? I think meat sports w would be what I would put it at. Um, I think the day we recorded our last podcast, I went and covered the Morley Girls Swim Championship. And it was my, my first event. I think Tyler got it at cross country, but it was my first event of getting to see every school in one place again. And more importantly than that, sort of the community of every school, the athletic directors, administrators, the parents, the kids, um, it was a really special moment to be completely honest with you. I, I just, that was probably the most, Oh, we're coming out of this that I'd felt this entire time. Um, because I could just look around and see all these kids that we know, uh, and, and love from every school. And I'm happy to say that, you know, when we're done recording today, I'm going to the more league, uh, track and field finals with Tyler to get kind of that same feeling as well of just like, Hey, we could all come together again in a way that would have been unthinkable, you know, even just a couple months ago. Here's another friendly reminder to Mike to put on sunscreen before we go outside for an all-day uh, track meet. Thanks, buddy. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's in my it's in my other water bottle carrier in my backpack. <laughs> I, I got your back, bro. I got your back. Um, my my favorite thing was uh, seeing something that no one has ever seen before, and 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 you don't get to do that too often. Um, and I'm not talking about Javier Baez. I'm talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> its first ever lacrosse playoff game. Um, we, we hadn't gotten the chance to cover playoff lacrosse in the city. Polly was the, the lone representative in the playoffs from the Moore League. And uh, they kind of put it on University High from Irvine. And, um, you know, I think we're among friends that we can say, you know, we don't have a rooting interest. We are professionals at the game. We're not rooting for any team. We're there to cover it and report what happens. But obviously, we cover Long Beach. We like it when Long Beach teams win. It makes our jobs more fun. It helps our traffic. We know that. And so it's nice when Long Beach teams kind of put a beat down on schools in the playoffs. Rather than beating up on each other, you can feel a little happier when you walk to your car, you know? You don't have to be polite to the losing coach, you know, because you don't know them. Not that I'm rude. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Lopsided win. And we missed enjoyable blowouts because you need that in the playoffs right we didn't get a lot lot of non-league action this year so um so that that was fun that was fun to see a long beach team put it on an orange county team and do it in a sport that uh that's new in the area so good on you poly boys lacrosse I know exactly what you're talking about, Tyler, because I got to see that at the St. Anthony boys basketball game and got a nice reminder of the look on other teams' faces in the playoffs when they come to Long Beach or have to face a Long Beach team because Long Beach just plays defense a little bit different, not just in basketball, but in all sports. And when these other teams come in and play Long Beach, most of the time they are not ready for it. And it's just a nice reminder that uh, defend Long Beach is not just a slogan. It's a way of life for these high school teams. Click clack. Well, and, and <laughs> well, and especially at, uh, at Arion gym, you know, too legit the pit, like there's a, there's an energy in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's echoey. It feels old. You're like, wait, wasn't coach Carter shot here? Like the whole thing, the whole thing is, 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 can be a bit overwhelming. And especially with, with Cavs uh, defensive prowess from, from his teams, you know, it's a, it's a tall task in the postseason for sure. Oh, coach Alan Cavanis really got a program put together there very quickly. And they've been so impressive on their climb up the ladder. Yeah. That was just a great game. And like I said, just a great atmosphere. I I will say this, and I won't point out anybody in particular or call out any names, but you can do the math on this one for the life of me. I will never understand how an adult on the sideline of a game featuring children, there's children playing a game. And an adult in charge can't figure out a way to not make the referees mad at them. These are, this is like interpersonal 101, dude. This is the first thing they teach you when you go to communications class in college. Like, don't make the other person angry, and you're more likely to get what you want. Some of these basketball coaches that I've seen, and I'm not talking about Cav. Some of these basketball coaches that I've seen over the years, they just show up mad. What are you, what are you mad at? Kids are out here having fun. You're the one who's upset. And after five minutes of doing that, do you honestly think that the human being who is sacrificing their time and not really getting paid that much to be a referee for high school basketball is going to give you a call after you're berating them on the tip, like from the jump and no pun intended, seriously, no pun intended from the jump. You're on their ass. That's not, that's not helping you. That's not helping the kids. That's not really even helping your school. Basketball coaches, just as a whole, calm down. T- tough hit on Chris Paul, JJ. Really, <laughs> really, really tough hit on Chris Paul, who ended his press conference last night by saying 11 times in a row, man, in reference to the fact that 
Scott Foster officiated games had seen his team lose 11 games in a row. Maybe that's where it starts. You know, I mean, maybe there is just sort of this like nationwide feeling that like officials are the enemy. (laughs) Well, I think that's a basketball wide feeling, right? I'd say soccer and basketball. Everybody walks into the arena hating the officials. Am I wrong? No, I think that's pretty much true. And, And if you really want a no pun intended alert, really what we're looking for is to foster a healthier relationship <laughs> with them. So I think, I, I agree. I think coaches that go maybe hand on the back, you know, little, little kind of a sweet talk. How about learn their out. first name? Learn their first name. Stop yelling ref <laughs> at them. Very easy well, thing I, to do. I, I, th- I do think one really unique and kind of funny perspective on this is that we cover uh, a, the girls basketball coach at Poly, Carl Bugs is um, famously, I wouldn't say tough on refs, but famously a really hard, tough coach. And so if he sees a missed call, he's going to, you know, you'll see him sort of demonstrably like, ah. Um, But he's also an elite championship level official in a different sport for volleyball. He's officiated CIF volleyball championship matches. (laughs) And I've asked him about that sort of dichotomy of, you're a coach. You look like this. You're a vol- You're an official. You look like this. And he said, "Well, you, you're just sort of a different person <laughs> when you're a coach and you're an official. You're an official. You're measured. It's this. It's this. You're a coach. This official is standing between you and the the thing that you want." And I would add, though, you do see coaches. We've seen Carl Bugs do this, and we've seen Chris Francis when he coached in Milliken do this. You do see coaches get into refs' heads a little bit and kind of influence the way a game is being called by how persuasive they're being. But I agree with JJ. There's always a little bit of sugar in there. It's never just, you know, you're doing it through a relationship, not through just yelling at someone to where they sort of blow you off. Yeah, you catch more yeah, bees with honey, for sure. Yeah, and, and Mike, I mean, he can, he can speak to catching bees. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, think you're, I think you're right. You're, you're better off kind of having that, uh, that dialogue and just one professional to another rather than, you know, just <laughs> barking at someone who, who doesn't really necessarily even know you. Um, and, and yeah, I, I also think it's a little bit contingent on, on the refs because sometimes they have this mindset of, I'm the overseer. I'm above everything. And if they took their ego down a little bit, I think it would allow them to have a better dialogue of like, you know, if, 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 you know, coach bugs, like you were saying is upset about a travel call, they're like, Carl, you know, and they can kind of have that, you know, like I'm on it, I'm watching it. You know, I I think those are when you see the best officiated games is when they can have those quick little convos and, and talk to each other, like, co-professionals rather than adversaries yeah but what's the expectation here are, are these high school coaches really expecting these high school referees to be perfect to make sure. every call exactly right that's that's a ridiculously poor uh expectation level that you're just setting no, yourself up for failure at that point for sure but it's the passionate pursuit of perfection as my friends at lexus like to say and so you're not saying they're going to get every call but that doesn't mean you don't argue their first missed call because you need to let them know what they're missing and you need to let them know hey i I screwed that one up so i need to be better or whatever it may be you know you you don't give them just three it's not a punch card where you're like okay you get three free blown calls before i start yelling (laughs) i think i think that's all i think that's all in sports i mean they expect their kids to make all their free throws too right how many high school basketball games did you cover i don't know i don't know that would also be a poor expectation mike (laughs) well but that's the expectation they're not i mean you know what i mean it's like you try and get better every day as a person or as a basketball player whatever you know you're gonna have some bad days but you still set your goal on that 
as, as sort of yeah. the direction you're marking. To, to, Tyler's ex, to Tyler's example, there would be a conversation, not a confrontation after that first quote unquote missed call. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I know I totally agree with your point. I'm just saying as, as far as this, yeah, you can't be like, well, he got nine calls, right. So I'm going to let this one go. Like it's the same way. Like, you know, a coach is thinking if he's evaluating a game after a game and he goes, well, this kid was shot 90% from the free throw line. He's probably going to be happy about that, but there's no moment where a kid's made seven free throws in a row and then misses one. And the coach is like, that's okay. you got the first seven. You know what I mean? Like you've got to coach each sort of individual moment as it comes. Well, I think the sort of the example there on free throws, it's like, yeah, you know, every time someone goes to the line, it's, you know, make your money. These are free. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like get these done, but coaches aren't going to be mad when you miss because literally everybody misses obviously. But I think where it comes in is if you give direction, so like say a player misses to the left, they better not mess, miss the next free throw left. You know what I mean? Make an adjustment. Or if you tell them, hey, you know, tuck your elbow, follow through, you know, whatever guidance that you give them, if they don't follow it, at that point, you're upset. So if someone misinterprets a rule, misses a, a call, maybe a guy is, is doing the chicken wing on the block every time he does a post move and you tell the ref like, hey, watch that arm. And then the next time he does it again, at that point, you're like, hey, I told you, he just did it right in front of you. Why didn't you call it? So I think it's, you lobby initially. And then if you don't get the response, either the correction from the player or the official looking out for the infraction, um, at that point, then you, you have to turn up the heat a little bit to try to get your message through. But I don't know, I don't have kids, so. If you've been watching our videos for the last month or two, you've been hearing a phrase we're very happy to say, which is brought to you by Naples Rib Company, now open for indoor dining. Our friends at Naples Rib Company are so excited to have their doors back open and be able to welcome the city back in once again for the best barbecue and the best ribs in the entire city of Long Beach. Naples Rib Company, they've got a lot of competition, but their ribs don't. We mentioned it before, kids out here in the city winning championships. It's our favorite thing. Our our absolutely favorite thing to do is to do these highlight videos and film people celebrating championship victories. The dog piles, you know, the, the the pointing at the parents, I think, is my favorite one, where the kids, like, find their parents in the stands and they point at them. That's just, that's beautiful, man. That is absolutely beautiful. And we got it once again. On Thursday, Long Beach Poly Baseball making history, winning back-to-back more league championships for the first time ever after an absolutely crazy more league baseball season. I think we were all talking about it after that first week. We were like, looks like Poly might win it. Well, it was a winding road, but we ended up with Poly winning it yet again. They take it with a 3-2 victory at Wilson on Thursday. A great game, too. I mean, shout out to Wilson, shout out to Lakewood and Milliken, all for making this a great baseball season. But Polly ends up at the top, and Polly was just an absolutely amazing team to cover this year. So many personalities, so many different personalities, if, if we're being honest. Um, and, uh, and they just did a little bit of everything, right? Good pitching. Great defense, a little bit of small ball. They hit the big balls too as well, but they did what they needed to do in those moments. Perfect example of that was in the decisive sixth inning at Wilson. They've got Edgar Rosales on third, their guy. He had let it off with a double. They sacrificed him over to third. They got him there. They also have one of their best bunters, uh, Bobby Ramirez, at the plate. So they call the suicide squeeze, and Ramirez isn't able to get the bunt down. 
But then they just let him swing away, and he battles with two strikes and then hits a single to score the run, tie the game, and they're off and running. So it's like whatever they needed to do this season, they were able to figure out a way to do. And obviously a lot of that comes from leadership, Coach Brent Lavoie, and just a great senior class. Like I already mentioned him, Edgar, but also Troy Chris. Like these are kids who started as freshmen. It shows when you're a senior and you're in the clutch moments like that and you don't let the game get bigger than yourself. Well, and, and I just wanted to kind of bring up a point about the fact that <laughs> the Jackrabbits making school history by winning back-to-back uh, more league baseball championships. Obviously, Polly has a pretty great <laughs> baseball tradition producing big league talent. I mean, uh, the leader as far as um, graduates going on to major league baseball. But I think it also so credit to these Jackrabbits for being the team that that broke through, you know, not it wasn't, you know, when Tony Gwynn or Chase Utley or James McDonald or all, all, all the great uh, Jackrabbits that have come through and gone on to the big leagues. It's this group. But I think that's also a compliment to the other schools in the league. I mean, shout out to Lakewood, to Milliken, Wilson, Jordan for winning more league titles throughout those years and making it difficult that just because you have even a generational talent, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that you're just going to come in and win the league back to back years because more league baseball is a tough league to win. I, I believe Tony Gwynn did not win a more league title as a baseball player at Long Beach Poly, which is about as uh, the, probably the strongest testament you could make about the strength of the more league. You know, that, that's you tell other people who aren't from Long Beach that, and that's a real like, what? That's because Tony Gwynn can't hit before and after Tony Gwynn in the lineup. That's the, that's the only reason. That's but it's like his brothers, including one who is also a major leaguer, hit after him, you know? Like, <laughs> Man, I guess I couldn't pitch either. So, <laughs> Tyler, you got to hit him with the stat before we do the interviews from after that game. Tyler went all statabasio on this and has one of the one of the best stats that it can explain how weird this baseball season was. And let's be honest, we've said that a lot. If you followed us over the years, we enjoy more league baseball, but we're also well aware that it just creates strange situations. It's a tightly, hotly contested league that is very unpredictable. Like this stat that Tyler's about to give you. Yeah, let me let me preface it just just a little bit by saying so we're looking at the top four teams in the league. And let's remember, JJ, your game, we were one swing of the bat away from a four-way championship in the yep. Lower League. So it's wild to me to think that one swing could turn one solo champion into four co-champions. That's nutty to begin with, but it didn't happen. Um, however, looking back at the season, there were 10 games played on campus fields between those top four teams, Polly, Lakewood, Milliken, and Wilson. Of those 10 games played on campus fields, the home team was one and nine, <laughs> which is like, it's so weird. I put it in the end of my, my game story, but yeah, it was just the road teams had the advantage and the only wrote uh, the only home team that won on their campus field against a fellow member of the top four was Polly's one, nothing win over Milliken. Uh, the first, you know, big game of the season at Polly. And uh, ultimately that proved to be the difference in, in winning the league championship for the Jackrabbits that, you know, it's, you would think that it would be the opposite. You would think that home teams, especially like you look at a team like Lakewood, like they that home field advantage has been known historically. We saw what they did to, to Edison and Henry Owens in the playoffs. That was one of our favorite videos ever, you know? So um, yeah, just a, a weird outcome. And it just showed you that you could not predict any of these games this year. You couldn't possibly do it. So 
got to talk to some of the Jackrabbits after that league clinching victory at Wilson on Thursday. The first voice you're going to hear is coach Brent Lavoie talking about what this championship means to him. And to Tyler's point earlier, the fact that, you know, a lot of other teams have won a lot of these more league baseball championships. That was an up and down game after an up and down season, after an up and down off season, after an up and down year. You guys must have felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster today. How did that feel to finally have it be done and to take the whole thing yourselves? Man, this group deserves to win. This started way back in mid-June when LBUSD gave us clearance to do some conditioning drills. We started practicing baseball with no baseballs. We got really, really creative. We caught a lot of audibles. We made stuff up as we went. We trained. We had a mindset of, gentlemen, we're going to get this done again. We got the talent to do it. We know we can do it. It's a big goal. And uh, we started preparing early. We really did. And that was the mindset from day one. These guys stayed locked in. They were so excited to get outdoors, to get participating, to be around each other, socializing. Man, mentally just piecing things together. That mental health is a big deal. And they needed this. We needed this. And uh, this, this bunch deserves to win. And, and, and they did. What was the pitching plan today? Did it go as planned? If you saw in the pregame, we had Elias Torres and Alpern both warming up at the same time. Obviously, Alpern was our number one going into this season, and we were had high hopes for him. But it was a, kind of a blessing in disguise that Elias got to rise to the occasion that he did because we're not here without Elias Torres, the bottom line. Uh, we slowly brought Alpern back. He'd been injured. He didn't pitch for six weeks, had some tricep tendonitis. Uh, we threw him for an inning. Then the next time out, another inning. He said he wanted to start last week at Cerritos. He went two innings, 28 pitches. And then he said, Coach, I want the ball on the final day. Uh, and we'll make the pitch count up as we go. So we, we, we debated it, but we wanted to see how he's feeling, if he really wanted it, and absolutely did, and went out there and gave us everything he had. Edgar Rosales, incredible at the plate, and then just doubles it up with that performance down the stretch on the mound. Dude's been a gamer since his freshman year, 2018. I knew I had something special when I got him and Troy Chris, inserted him right into a varsity lineup. Four years with those guys, been awesome. Edgar's an absolute bulldog. We use him on the mound seldom. Um, that's what he can do. We extend him out at times. Very rarely did we do it this year because other guys did so well. But uh, he asked for the ball too. Coach, this is, this is it. Title on the line. Let me know when you need me, and I'll finish it up. Back to back, does this one feel different, the same, better, worse than the first one? You know, I think it uh, even feels better. Reason being, uh, I've been staring at that Moore League trophy for quite some time. It's been in our trophy case for a long time. And, not one time on that trophy case does it ever say Long Beach Poly back-to-back years, ever. And the Moore League's been around for quite some time. Lakewood's filled that thing up quite a bit. Wilson has, Milliken has. I remember just seeing that thinking, what a golden opportunity. Man, how cool would that be? What a legacy to leave if, uh, if you could say you were the first Poly squad to go back-to-back in the Moore League. That's hard to do. It's hard to win one. Fortunate and so blessed to have won two. Uh, they both feel great, but this one feels maybe just even a little more special. I then got a chance to catch up with Big Game Bob. The catcher made a tag in the first inning off a great throw from center field by Kenny Barnaby. Get the ball, hold it through contact, make the tag, make sure that his team was putting up a zero in that first inning, and that would loom large for sure because Wilson would score in the second inning, and a 2-0 lead in a game like that means so much more than a 1-0 lead. So here is Big Game Bobby. Bobby, you just came up in all the big spots today, man. From the first inning to the to the big uh, sixth inning, how does it feel to be back-to-back champ? Uh, it feels great. It's very emotional. You know, I mean, our seniors last year couldn't couldn't stay the whole time because of Corona, but I'm glad we were able to redeem it for them and you know bring it back home. 
What in that first inning on that play at the plate? What did you see happen? Uh, I just I saw Kenny ready to throw, and automatically I was like, all right, bang bang at the plate, and I was ready to ready to take on anything. And well, he came with everything, so I'm glad I was able to hold on to it, and I'm glad we got the out. And you were a little shook up. How did you like recenter yourself and get your composure back? Ah, uh, just my teammates keeping me in check, and I was I steady breathing and getting back into the zone, and had to get an eye bat next inning, and came up. One out runner at third, Lavoy calls the squeeze. Were you at all surprised by that? No, no, that's our game all year, and you know I was I was ready for it, but just couldn't execute. And I was glad that you know I came up in a situation with pressure on. I I feel like I was the right guy for that job, and I was able to execute. Uh, you know, obviously after everything that's happened in the last few years, man, like this program is so different. Compare this program to when you got here to how it is right now. Oh, it's big difference. Energy is the same, but still big difference. You know, as, as a kid, I looked up and these guys were grinding their hearts out, and now I'm I'm that guy grinding his heart out, and we're just ready to. I hope I can leave some kind of legacy with these guys. Hopefully, they come back next year and do the same thing. What's the key to coming up in the clutch, man? How do you keep your emotions in check in moments like that? Relax. Keep yourself uh, focused on this pitch, this moment, and ready to grind. As I mentioned earlier in the show, it was my privilege to go cover the Morley Girls Swimming Championships last week. Uh, not a surprise by the result that the Long Beach Poly Girls won their fifth Morley uh, Championship in a row, but, uh, but really impressed. The Jackrabbits have never had a showing as strong as the one they did at Cabrillo this year. They won nine of the 11 events. The two events that they didn't win uh, had Sammy Hamilton, the freshman phenom at Wilson, uh, swimming in them. And uh, it, it was a real celebration for head coach Kalani Caldwell of what she and her team have built, you know, over the last several years. Congratulations, Thank fifth you. in a row, first time in school history. Uh, what does that feel like and what was that celebration like? Oh, it was um, a long time coming, you know. Last year, um, I think would have been a slam dunk. And so this year it's sweeter. Um, they worked harder, they pushed through, we don't have Josie, you know, like it, it, it's it's a hard fought full team yeah. victory, which just makes it so sweet. And um, going into Tuesday, we were actually at a 19 point deficit um, if as seated. And so I, you know, showed the girls like this is what we got to do. We got to move up. And traditionally, we don't swim good on Tuesday, but Wilson does. Right. So we had to kind of break that and get them to swim to make those top eight spots yeah. and they swam out of their minds on Tuesday to secure those top eight spots. And then they just followed it up today with just amazing swims. Um, have you, I mean, I've covered some, some good days for you guys in the last couple of years, but I don't think I can remember a time when you won everything. No. <laughs> that was, is that as far as you know, you've been at Polly obviously for quite a while. Is that close to or a record of, that, of some kind? Yeah, it has to be. I don't, I can't remember a time that we were a more league champion than everything except for those three yeah. um, events. So, I mean, you know, we've had some, so you, you have the Anya year and, you know, people that could definitely win their two events, but yeah. to spread it all, all the way across, it's, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> And pretty, I think we went one, two, three in the 50 freestyle. That's unheard of because right. Wilson is, you know, traditionally so strong in the freestyle event. Yeah. So really happy with the way our freestylers stepped up. Um, 
Kate Cassiano came through with some amazing swims this year. As a senior, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep swimming at your top level. Yeah. Um, especially this kind of year that it's been. And she dug deep and I uh, could not have been yeah. more proud of. And she's our team captain. We're, so, Are you guys young or were they mostly seniors? I don't really know what years they were. We're um, a mixture. Okay. So Sophia is a freshman that won the backstroke. So okay. that's good. Um, Trinity's a junior. Okay. Um, Michaela's a junior. Okay. Um, but then I do have what we call the Fab Four, and uh-huh. it's going to be a hard loss because that's Allie, Georgia, Fernanda, and Kate. I also got a chance to catch up with junior Trinity Salcedo from the Jackrabbits, who won two individual events and was also on uh, one of the poly relays that won, and talked to her about what the history meant to her. Congratulations. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. That was Today was a really, really big day for all of us, for the team. For me, it was wow. Um, what, what's the celebration like? I, I mean, I feel like that's like the best celebration in sports. Everyone just gets to like, ju- I mean, it's that's what you would do at a party, right? You know, it's yeah, like everyone just definitely. jumps in the pool. <laughs> yeah. So this means a lot, like to the whole team. Like we've been working so hard and it's been so hard since the pandemic as well. Like it's just, everyone's been working so hard. So it just means so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. Um, fifth in the row, which I think is the first time in school history. Um, what does that mean? Obviously, a school like Poly, there's, it's hard to make history, you know? Yeah. Um, what does that mean to get to be a part of something that no one else had ever done before? I'm, I'm so honored. Like, I, I just, I don't even have words <laughs> to explain how... Like how great it is to be a part of something like that. Um, you had a great day. Won two events. One in the relay. Um, how do you keep yourself? How do you sort of measure your energy and, and keep yourself able to recover quickly and, and get back in the pool and race so fast? Um, I try to like think like, oh, that was such a great race. I let's try to do better on the next one. Um, that's really all. And then my teammates—they're really, really great. Um, they really help me. They're, they really motivate me. So that really, that really helps a lot. For sure. Speaking of history and results that weren't surprising, Wilson boys swimming the day after the girls' Moore League finals took the Moore League boys' finals by storm. Hank Rivers leading the way for the Bruins. He set a handful of meet and league records in a handful of different disciplines. And Coach Eric Berg was joyous after to make sure that his team won a 48th consecutive league title that is a california record 48th consecutive league title so i first got to catch up with hank rivers to talk about how his day went both as a swimmer and as a leader of a team not that anybody was surprised but just to see it happen is incredible a lot of history in this league did it live up to your expectations did today go as planned for you it did it did i was I was mentally and physically prepared myself. I spent the last two days figuring out how to swim my races that I did tonight. And, you know, our main word that we used as a team was execute. We all had a job to do and we all executed. I executed. My buddies, it was great. And this was exactly what we expected it to be under the lights. A pretty big crowd for COVID and all that. And it was a great time. And we, and we won. What was the biggest challenge of today? The biggest challenge of today was... Well, we did lose the beginning relay, and that was like kind of like the statements from the start off to everything. But I just made sure my guys, we all kept our heads up and know that it's not over. Polly's are great team, great competitors for us. You know, we kept our heads high after that, and we all 
uh, frost off JV and Marcy. We all finished the rest of the meet hard and pulled through, pulled through. Is it tough to swim when the weather's like this? Blustery, cold? Um, it is, but I just make sure to, you know, keep myself warm. I, I've been wearing my clothes before I go up on the blocks, and I want to make sure the guys are not wearing a wet towel. It's windy. It's nighttime. It gets a little, gets a little nippy, so make sure you have your clothes on, and then staying warm, you swim at good times. And yeah. Do you think uh, at all about the history and how many great swimmers have swam in this meet and all that stuff that comes with Long Beach and the aquatics and everything? I think about that all the time, and I just... For myself, I want to include myself with all the greats, all the great swimmers and, you know, people from the aquatic family that have been through this program. And, you know, like I just said, I want to include myself and be part of that. And it's really something special and motivational. Obviously, after he dried off from getting thrown in the pool in celebration, I got to talk to our guy, Bergy, Coach Eric Berg. Uh, a swimmer in the Moore League, an alumni of Wilson. He understands the history and has passed it down along. I got to be honest with you, and I want to say this up front. Talking about perspective and how adults give kids perspective, and it's really important that you have smart adults in charge. Eric Berg is a great example of that. The kids jumped in the pool early by accident. He called them out of the pool and made them chant every other school's name before they jumped back in the pool in celebration with the coaches. That's just good perspective, and that's just good stuff from Bergie. No surprise at all. And here's him talking about the meet. These guys got me through uh, this whole COVID thing. I'm uh, mostly, I, I just want to dedicate this one to all the uh, all the parents of children that have had to deal with this, and you know the, the just the, there's so many different ways that these kids, all these kids, all more league kids, but all all kids in general, just dealing with this. I know that the adults have had a hard time, and just. The kids, at least I know speaking for my guys, back in, I just asked them, I just go, guys, we have no control. We, we can't predict the future. We don't know where this is going to go. But what you have control over is just dedicating two good hours of training every day. And that's and that's all we could ask. And, and let the dice roll and, you know, whatever we get. And, you know, things have been coming at us and we've had to adjust and, and uh, but I'm just I'm just so proud of proud of all the kids. I mean, there's there's a great competition. There are so many great swims here, and everybody's future looks great. So I'm just I'm just happy for all the kids this year, not just mine, but all of them in general. In terms of the history, 48 straight, just incredible stuff. So many great swimmers to come through. I know you as an alumni have probably preached to your kids how much that history means. Today, just going and playing for you guys. We're trying to keep something going that started, you know. 48 years ago, Coach Grenison, you know, started it, and Klaus kept it, and I kept it, and just trying to keep things rolling. But it's the it's the kids, it's it's the kids that come in and and jump in and swim. I don't like to talk about it. I you know, it's one season at a time. You know, how many years has it been? It's one. It's right now. It's this year. And right now, I'm gonna go home and look at the results and start focusing on next year so you know just one at a time and and we just they train hard they train hard and we just try to get them going fast on a night like this and yeah it, it, it is cold out here it's, it's it was oh, blustery it was oh, cold oh, how dude. much more difficult does that make the event 
terribly. These kids, these are high school kids, and they're shaved down. They don't have any hair on their body. It's <laughs> and they're wet, and they're standing here. You know, the wind comes off of the harbor there, out here. You know, at Cabrillo, it really hoots. And Lawrence was telling me that some, you know, there's a weather system warning and all this. I'm like, damn, it's cold tonight. But uh, I was starting to think. I think I've actually been out here in the rain too. So it's. It, it is what it is, and it's part of the fun. How do they prepare differently, the swimmers? How do they prepare differently for a night like this, knowing that it's going to be cold, and how do they prepare during it for their races and all that stuff? Well, it's just warm-up, keep, mm-hmm. keeping warm. You know, I always preach about, you know, bringing several towels, bringing a beanie, bringing sweats, bringing long sleeves, bringing socks, bringing shoes. You know, we know that it's going to be cold out here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be this cold, but... <laughs> but uh, we definitely know that it was going to be cold. So we just, I tell them just to you know, plan accordingly. Guys, we got a CIF championship in Long Beach Friday afternoon, a team we've written a bit about in the history that they've been setting. The Millican boys tennis team is hosting a CIF championship match on Friday at three. It's going to be incredible to have something like that on campus. They already won their other two matches this week. Boy, they are getting that tournament in quick Lee. They played on Monday, they played on Wednesday, now they're playing on Friday. I got a chance to catch up with the Millican team captain, Lucas Mikasa, who was talking about how much he loves being a captain of that team and how the team is actually making him a better captain. I think a lot of it has to do with confidence. Like if we look at these two right now, uh, I remember these two. So that's Ethan Foote and that's uh, Peter Antoinette. Okay. So they... Um, I just remember we were playing Wilson, I think, on the first round, and they went 5-7 against their number one, and they're our number three. And so I was just so impressed, and ever since then, they've just been constantly improving and improving. So I really think it was just mental. Like, I think our games are there. It's just a lot of it had to do with, you know, mental, like, confidence, as well as, you know, being as a team, you know, because, you know, we didn't have, like, a first semester, basically, so. Right. So it was just, I think it was just a lot of, you know, team bonding and, and confidence. Awesome. Um, so you personally, how are you playing? What are you working on? So I'm playing pretty well. Uh, I think, again, for me, it's also kind of mental. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working a lot about on that and uh, just my match play because I think, again, my technique is there. It's just I kind of clam up a little bit when I uh, go out to play. But um, I think that's really improved this season. And I think that's, again, thanks to some of the boys and just watching them. It's been, you know, even as a captain, it's just been really inspiring seeing my team just rise up to the occasion. And, you, know, play. you know, we went undefeated. So it's just super impressive. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that mental work. Is it just being aware that you sometimes get in your own head or are there certain things that you do to try to improve your mental approach to the game? Um, I think I try, well, you know, I just try to kind of breathe and just go into the match knowing that, you know, I can count on my team and because uh, I feel like there is sometimes a little bit of pressure on me, which, you know, can be good, but also it's a little bit tough. Um, and I think... Yeah, just relying on my team, I think, has been the biggest part. And they they clearly got your back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, again, I'm just so impressed by them. And and, uh, I'm really glad that most of them will be here next year. So. I mentioned it at the top, that St. Anthony boys basketball team. So impressive. So much fun to watch them do their thing. And I talked to junior Jaden Bush after their victory. 
there was a moment late in the game and I'm good. You're going to hear me say it to Jaden too, but there's a moment late in the game where, you know, they're up 10. So they're stealing the ball. They're getting fouled. There's those moments where you're walking back down the court from one end to the other to shoot your free throws. And Bush let out what I can only describe as a primal scream at center court after one of those steals and fouls. And it looked so real and honest and just pure. I had to talk to him about it afterwards. And his answer actually surprised me. What did that mean to you? It looked like it meant a lot. Oh, my teammates worked so hard for us. Everybody worked so hard for me. And I just, I just love working hard for everybody else on my team. Everybody give it their all from one to 13, from player to coach. Everybody give it their all. So that scream just represents what we all do. That represents a scream from everybody on our team, one through five, one through 13, everything. Absolutely. So you guys kind of set the tone early with that defensive pressure. Was that the game plan? Uh, our game plan was stop 13, which we did a good job at. And that's what got us the dub today. We, uh, our attention to detail normally not great, but that's what we want to focus on tonight, and then we got the job done. Yeah, obviously shooting from the from three, too, so you guys knew that they were going to come out in the zone? Yeah, we knew. Uh, T's been playing zone against us all week, I mean, all year, so that's what we knew. We knew we had to come out and knock, knock down shots. We can't be a good team, be a good team without knocking down shots, and they're a very good team. Great atmosphere in here from the pit to the parents. Like, it's everything. been a while since we heard a gym this loud, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. We love the energy. We love the energy, all the support from everybody. Everybody at gym, our school, we just love it. That's it. That wraps up another jam-packed episode of What Up Long Beach, our weekly podcast of all things happening sports in the LBC. There's a lot more sports coming up <laughs> in the next few days, the next couple weeks. So we will have more of this playoff action. No more regular season events. It's all postseason from here on out. And before we go, we want to thank all of our sponsors, including Ocean Law Center, for their support of local sports coverage. Visit OceanLawCenter.com for a list of services they provide. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week as we will have a lot more coverage of all things happening in the LBC.